Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Love One Another. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. I want to bring you a message. I've been, I've been already talking about a wrong attitude, a selfish attitude. And we all know that when we're selfish, there's no love in it. We know that, don't we? We know that there's no love in it. But how do you find love? Well, God is love. You heard that in the Bible, didn't you? And Jesus, he told us to love one another. He said, love your enemies. He said, the whole basis of the law is to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, upon that, the law based. So everything is based upon this love. So if you want to rewrite your life, I mean, realign it, and not be misled and find out your purpose for existence, then you have to find this love. Now, let us see what uh, this love is all about. And, And one way of doing it is to look at the Aramaic language, the language that Jesus spoke, and see what word he used when he talked about love. If we can understand what what was in the Aramaic mind and what Christ was talking about when he said love, then maybe it'll help you to see what love is and that you don't have it and that you need to find it and that you can find it. So what I would like to do is to read to you something from a book. It's called The Kaboris Manuscript, Selected Passages from the Kaboris Manuscript. This was an ancient Syriac New Testament that was scribed in Aramaic. So it was a New Testament written in Aramaic, the language that Jesus spoke. And the Yonan Codex Foundation very carefully translated from the Aramaic to English with an effort to grasp what was in the Aramaic mind what the Aramaic word and Aramaic worldview, but what what it meant when Christ used certain words and when the apostles used certain words. So I want to read to you now from the introduction or the preface to this to this work written by Mr. McDougall with the Yonan Codex Foundation. He writes another unique symbol in Aramaic is Kuba. It's spelled in English K-H-O-O-B-A. In Aramaic, it's a symbol. Kuba. The love we are told to have for our enemies. Remember? Christ told us to love our enemies. He used the word kuba. So that's the word love. The concept to be cued by kuba did not exist in Western thought until psychological advances uncovered the controlling force of a set of mind. This love is an attitude, a mindset, which includes the desire for unconditional affection for the other and the cue control set which causes what is good about the other to be perceived, causes 
that which is fair and just in the circumstances to come to mind and causes perception of the wholesome desires and objectives of the other. So this kuba, so love is a mindset. I'm at living now. Love is a mindset. And when you have this mindset, then what is cued or what follows from or what is an extension of this mindset is uh, perceiving rightly the good in another, what justice is or what injustice is, and perceiving and wanting the best for the other person. Being only a mindset or attitude, Kuba does not include reasoning, judgment, or action. Only the controlling sets, which if sufficiently maintained, fill the memory with wholesome information and ultimately produce the unconditional love for neighbor and God upon which all law hangs. Well, Christ said that all law hangs upon loving God with all your mind, soul, strength, and heart, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, let's continue. I'm reading. It is helpful to distinguish the love designated by Kuba, which is the mindset of love, from the love indicated by the word Rachma. Rachma is the love for God and man upon which all law hangs. It is the love for others which produces being loved. While it evolves from Kuba and cannot be developed without Kuba, mindset love, the love represented by Rachma includes reason, thoughts, judgment, and behavior. So from a mindset of love, then flow loving thoughts, judgments, and behaviors. If one is successful in maintaining Kuba for all men, Rachma, the unconditional love for all others, will develop. With Kuba, the unique fact, Will Rogers never met a man he did not like, ceases to be unique and becomes a natural result of it that anyone can reach. Now, this is very important. There was a man in the United States who was a, a pundit. He, he was a, a commentator, and he was very popular. He was witty and and uh, fun but also incisive and one time Will Rogers said I never met a man I didn't like in other words he met people he met everyone with an attitude of friendly neutrality see he didn't have a, a prejudice or a preconceived judgment against anyone And it is also something like what I once heard when I was in high school. I heard a definition of love, and it was that love is the appreciation of the good qualities in another. Love is the appreciation of the good qualities in another. So you see, if you have that attitude where you see that the person, your wife, your husband, your child, your neighbor, is created in the image and likeness of God, you see that, and you see that they have good qualities, and you appreciate them. See, you don't want anything from them. It's like, it's like the love. It's like a disinterested love. You don't want anything from them. You don't want to do anything to them. You see that they're a child of God, creature of God, made in His image and likeness. 
and you appreciate what good you see. And you don't look for the bad. Do you, do you see how, what, what is it that they say that people see what they want to see or hear what they want to see? Do you see that if you have, if you don't have Kuba, if you have a mindset of selfishness or what's in it for me or distrust or anger or a mindset that has an emotional base in resentment, then you're not going to see the good. You're only going to see other people's little faults, mistakes, little faux pas, and you're going to judge them. See that? So, so then your judgments are wrong. Your attitude, see, it all hinges on the attitude. I want to continue reading here. Under ancient Aramaic understanding, the mindset kuba produces a particular judgment regarding another. Under modern understanding, it appears to do so by controlling present perception and stalking memory. On the issue of how should I feel towards this person, Kuba produces Rachma, unconditional love. On the question of how should I treat this person, Kuba produces the answer of Kanuta, justly, treat them justly. And fairly, in response to the question of how do I work with this person, Kuba produces the answer of humility. Cooperate with his good and wholesome desires and objectives. So this is very important, very important. You see? Now, here's another interesting thing. It says, with an attention directed toward God, as it is in prayer, Kuba produces a love of truth and a home in the spirit. Thus, the mindset Kuba continuously maintained for neighbor and for God may be considered to produce the admirable qualities of human personality related in the first five Beatitudes. That's right. So I want to focus for just one more moment here on uh, what it says. It says, with the attention directed toward God, as it is in prayer, Kuba produces a love of truth and a home in the spirit. All right. With the attention directed toward God. So one thing that I have noticed is that Often when you see paintings of saints, you see them perhaps in prayer with their eyes uplifted. And there's a famous depiction of Christ also in prayer with his eyes lifted. He lifted up his eyes with the eyes uplifted looking unto God. In other words, when another person comes with some issue and you don't know you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. You want to do the right thing. See, that's the kuba. Your mindset is you want to do the right thing, but you don't know what the right thing is. That's the humility that they were speaking of here. You don't know. You want to know, but you don't know. You inquire of God. 
silently, the soul gazes and inquires of God. And he answers. See, it's wordless. You inquire of God. And then something comes to you, something to say. Maybe nothing needs to be said. Then you don't say anything. But it comes because of this pure Kuba, this mindset of wanting to do the right thing, but not knowing what the right thing is. And it's beautiful. And so that is, um, I think the body language of the saints gives it away, doesn't it? They're, They're gazing upward. So the next time your child or your partner presents some issue, Instead of rushing to judgment, instead of reaching down and trying to dig up something from your brain that you heard or read or memorized, instead of listening to that voice that down there that's very clever, that creatively, cruelly clever voice, see, it's charged with supporting your ego, your pride. Instead, just stand there and realize that you don't know what to say. You don't know what the right thing to do is. You want to do the right thing, but you don't know what it is. And you quietly inquire of God. And he answers. Something will come. And if nothing comes, then nothing is what you're supposed to do. Which And doing nothing is a lot better than saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. Because even if you, even if with a selfish mindset, wanting to prove something, wanting to show people, wanting to impress people, wanting to demonstrate your knowledge, or impatiently wanting to to get rid of them, to get it over with, to, to get back to whatever you were doing. Whatever it is, doesn't have love in it. And they see that. So you may give them a technically correct answer, but they see that it doesn't have love in it. People sense that. And when they sense that, it ruins it. And it tempts them to, re- to resent you. I think I'm going to stop now with this little talk about the mindset of love. And I encourage you to um, maybe check out the little meditation that I have that helps you to get, see, anything that's supportive of your ego this selfish life, this fallen life, this resentful life, this angry life, this misguided life. It's not really your life. Whatever supports it comes from below. Emotions support it. Anger, rage, and also ideas that come from below and from outside. They support your ego. They support this false life, this pride. So what you need to do is just to stand back from that. Calm down. Stand back from the emotion. Your soul can stand back. You can take a middle step back. And from below, maybe some notions are coming up. Just watch them and wait until you wordlessly know what to do. You'll just know. You'll know whether to turn right or left or whether to say yes or no. It'll, it'll come to you. And if nothing comes to you, then... Just wait. Wait upon God. If you have a question about taking a mental step back, 
call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. This is Jeremiah Trujillo. Thanks for listening. If you don't know what to do, then just wait. Wait upon him. But this idea of, like the saints, you see them with their eyes uplifted. See, that's a, a depiction of it. And, and they probably actually physically did have their eyes uplifted and do. You accomplish the same thing by closing your eyes and looking at the little pixels of light on the inside of your, of your eyelids. It's basically the same thing as looking at the inside of your forehead. And you become aware of your hands until they tingle a little bit or aware of your hand until it tingles a little bit. And then as you, as you do that, you're, commun- you're in the present and you're, it's like quietly waiting upon God. And it teaches you how to stand back from what comes up from below that is, never has any love in it. And it, the timing is always wrong. The energy is wrong. The words are wrong, and even if they're technically correct, they don't have love in them. So you learn how to stand back from thoughts. See, now you're lost in your thoughts all the time. And you know that there's no answer down there. Why? Because you you dig into your thought, and it's like an endless loop. And you you know there's no answer down there. And if there is an answer, it's, it's never right. So... You don't want to struggle with it, though. You don't want to get lost down there. You don't want to struggle with it. You don't want to do anything with it other than just stand back and just watch it. Just watch it. It's not credible. It's not believable. And look unto God quietly. Look unto God. No words are necessary. God is like your heavenly father, just like a mother. When she hears the cry of her little babe, no words are needed. She knows what the child needs. And God knows what you need. It says in the Bible, before you even ask. So yeah, you are asking. Maybe without words, but you're asking. You're inquiring of him. You don't even know what to inquire. You don't know. See, you don't even know what to inquire. You You don't know anything. Christ said of myself, I can do nothing. It is the Father within that does the work. So you have to find your Heavenly Father. And all your problems will be solved. Oh, the meditation. I want to mention it before I run out of time here. The meditation. I have a very nice one at the call-in number where you can call and leave a voicemail. You call that number, you can also press one of the buttons and then you will hear the meditation on your phone. You can listen to the meditation and practice it right using your, your iPhone. The number to call is 510-455-8851. 510-455-8851. And then you can listen to the meditation. Give it a try. It's very nice. Very simple. It's only about seven, six minutes long. It'll help you to get out of thoughts, out of emotions that have always misled you. And then find the true guidance, which is from your creator. The number once again 510-455-8851. Now I'm going to continue uh, the program with one of my best programs. It's also about love. 
It's one of the best of my radio programs from July 5th of the year 2020. I'm a man with a microphone, so people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. Be sure to check out our many free resources at SheddingShackles.com. We're talking now about trauma. Trauma is when the outside gets on the inside. Now look, if you were close to your Creator, flowed from within, from the inner light, from your Creator, then you would flow outward. You would radiate outward. The light would shine outward. And your movements would begin within and flow outward. And that outward flow You know, like a light bulb radiates light or radiates heat or like an electron radiates a a field around it, a field of vectors radially outward. You could say it would set up a force field around you. You would radiate outward and touch the world, but the world wouldn't impinge upon you and get inside. But as soon as you fall away from your intuition, As soon as you fall away by becoming angry, becoming upset, doubting what you know in your heart, as soon as you want something out in the world too much, that you descend into the thought stream and into the imagination, and and as soon as you fixate on things in the outside world, but especially when things sneak up on you and shock you, then you fall away from your inner ground, and instead of the force field, being there, it collapses, and now the outside gets on the inside. And what's on the outside, all of it gets on the inside. And it especially is true when there's something shocking. When out of the blue somebody says something mean or cruel or vicious, or they steal your stuff, or they hurt you in some way, or you see something shocking on the internet or on television or in a movie, something shocking. And it gets inside. And shocking can be for a person who's close to their intuition, a person who's sensitive in such things, like a little child. When you were a little child and someone came and they were too friendly, it was shocking. It was sometimes really shocking, wasn't it? When you saw kids getting away with things, it was shocking. When you saw a teacher being nice to one student and mean to another student, it was shocking. When you were falsely accused of something that you didn't do, it was shocking. Do you understand? Now, if you had not fallen, if you had not become upset, but you were only a little child, you couldn't help it. You couldn't help it. Your parents were supposed to protect you from such shocks. But so it happens to all of us. So you were shocked. You were upset. You were angry. You were troubled. You became disturbed. The outside got on the inside. The shock, the words. The image, the memory, an engram got on the inside. And not only that, but everything in the scene got on the inside and began to affect you. And so you became filled with thousands of such 
scenes, big shocks and little shocks. And now everything on the outside would upset you and move you and cause dysregulation. So now you must learn to flow from within. Rediscover that closeness to intuition so that you can flow outward from it. And then express God instead of expressing the world. See, now the outside gets on the inside. Even the personality of people who upset you, their personality, their spirit gets on the inside. And then it expresses itself through you. Now, get close to God and become an extension of Him, of His will, of His love, of His patience, of His understanding, of His wisdom. Maybe you can sit still and start to realize what's really important in life. Learn to be still. Let go of your resentments toward people. You see, there's a timeless realm. A realm of perfect patience. Perfect love. Perfect stillness. And when your soul, see, when your soul is aligned with God, then it is very close to that timeless realm. In the moment, see, you're in the world. You're in the world, but not of the world. You're in the world, but it's a little distant. You're in the world, but you're very close to this timeless realm. And Christ was so close to the Father, so close to the Father, that at some point he could step across into that realm. Just like on Star Trek. Remember they had a transporter? I forget what it was called, but a person would be, would go in, in it and they would dematerialize and then they would materialize somewhere else. Well, such magic is possible. You see, everything God does is magical. Look at a butterfly or the way the clouds move across the blue sky. Look at the sweetness in a little child. Look at the beauty of nature and you'll see magic everywhere. Well, God is perfectly capable of helping you get better. But you must find Him. Become still and know that He is God. And you will find Him and He will come to your aid. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.